Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Don't you see? I'm just crazy about this store. Today we're reviewing the gory, underrated 1989 slasher film, The Intruder. Uh, this movie was the first job that legendary K&B FX company took, and unfortunately most of their work ended up on the cutting room floor. However, the movie is now available in its uncut form, and seeing it in all of its glory, it's hard to deny that it's one of the best slasher films to come out of the 80s. If you've seen it, stay tuned, you'll learn a thing or two. If you haven't seen it, you'll want to after listening to this. Also, we're going to get a little stoned, <laughs> as usual, today on High on Horror. Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I stopped at the dispensary. We had that Black pe- Black Perry. <laughs> that Black Mike Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Although he thinks he's black. That's a whole different story. Anyway, I bought the black cherry punch uh, that we've had before. I mean, I probably should have went with something new, but uh, it's familiar and we liked it last it time. It was delicious. Yeah, it was purple as fuck. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, while you're getting that ready, uh, damn, you already got it packed. Um, while you're, uh, I got that and a bowl pack. And, <laughs> and I got a pen of uh, Starduster. Damn, my man came prepared for this. <laughs> uh, well, uh, while you're hitting that, I wanted to bring up, uh, so at uh, CinemaCon, the Halloween Ends trailer premiered. and uh, I saw Jamie Lee post something Halloween Ends the other day. Well, the thing is, is, they didn't... Wherever, Twitter, I think. Right, well, they didn't actually release the footage yet. Like, it's not on YouTube or anything like that. Like, they didn't release the, the trailer uh, publicly. It was more for, like, the people that were just at this con. But uh, people described the trailer, and they said that, like, it kind of starts off with um, 40 years ago... Uh, he came home and it's like actual footage from the 78 film and then it says you know in 2018 trying to kill you with that nostalgia yeah and then it says you know in 2018 he came home again and then there's like a montage of him like just killing people all the victims and then uh it picks up and it says like now and like all it is as i said there's like no music apparently and it is just like real time no music michael myers and laurie strode dukin apparently she's like hiding in a closet and michael like walks past the closet and actually busts through it kind of like he did in the first one, pulls her out of the closet. They duke. It ends with him being on a table, apparently, and she, like, pulls his mask off and raises a knife above his head and says, like, good night, Michael, and the trailer cuts. So, I don't know. What if that really was the end of the movie and they just ruined it in the (laughs) trailer? They they, they don't show if he dies or where she stabs him or nothing. It just shows, like... (laughs) uh, (laughs) That's the literal end of the movie. That's how Jamie Lee knew that the movie would piss people off. (laughs) I don't um, know what questions it takes. You can't make... No, that's serious. So you can't make the deaths of either one of them ambiguous. You can't do. You can't end it mid kill and just be like, "Did he die? Did she like? Don't do that, please." But uh, I, I just I, see like a knife, and it just like cuts the screen, and it just cuts to like the Halloween theme, and that's how the series ends. <laughs> That'd be terrible. But uh, the one thing that hearing that about that gives me hope is that uh, that was the one thing that you and I have been saying for a while is that we wanted michael myers and laurie strode to have a nice bloody showdown it looks like that's what's happening it looks like at some point in the movie hopefully it's the end of the movie but at some point in the movie they are gonna fucking have it out finally like just the two of them and i can't fucking that's the that's what i'm looking forward to the most if you ask me what are you looking forward to the most about halloween ends i'm gonna say i want to see him and i want to see laurie and michael just fucking end this shit i want to see them just duke it out and then in 20 years i can reboot it again from wheelchairs from wheelchairs in wheelchairs they're playing fucking just suicide wait ball till jamie lee suicide ball and john carpenter dead before he rebooted again 
<laughs> At least do that. But uh yeah, so uh I read something that I've that, that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh one of your favorite shows again, The Walking Dead. <laughs> oh. Do we need to shit on The Walking Dead again? Uh, yeah, because I brought up about how there was all those buddy shows and there oh, was yeah. Daryl and Carol. Well, I saw from like comicbook.com uh, they were reporting that it's just now going to be Norman Reedus. No more Daryl and Carol. Yeah, just Daryl, no Carol. <laughs> like, I don't understand, like, that show has such terrible production times. Yeah, man, and I don't mean any disrespect to you about this, but it's kind of like, I just don't care. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I don't care if they have five people on the show, if it's just Daryl, if it's... If they find a way to bring Merle back, I don't fucking, I don't care. Yeah, I just, what if I they could, brought Merle back? Couldn't he was care a, less. <laughs> oh man, if, if they, they Walker Merle got killed and he somehow pops back up, I'm in. Well, you know, they'll just, uh, they'll make it a prequel show and then they'll just. He'll throw eat a, chocolate pretzels. Ugh, mall rats. <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll do a prequel show of the Dixon brothers, but they'll just do that thing that A&E does where they'll just dirty them up to try to make them look younger. <laughs> Merle will just be covered in dirt every episode. <laughs> I feel like that's how Burl lived. Yeah, he was just rolling in pig shit. I don't know about all that. Anyway. <laughs> He's just rolling in pig shit. That sounds like Merle. But so uh, there's a Rick movie coming out. Supposedly that's still happening. And then there's a, there's there were supposed the, to be three of them. I don't know. <laughs> and then there's the Daryl show. What other... I mean, then there's, of course, Fear the Walking Dead. Like, what What else? I don't even know what else. Yeah, I don't... I even... don't uh, yeah, neither one of us keep track. This is just stuff that like I see like pop up on like my Facebook feed when I'm like scrolling. It's just crazy how this uni- I don't I mean, it's just crazy how the universe of the show is just expanding and expanding and expanding and it's like how I just don't And then it. like I'm sure I'm probably getting some of this incorrect, but like Morgan was on the first ever episode. Yeah. Then he ended up on Fear the Walking Dead. Then he was like well, he was back on The Walking Dead. Then he was like kind of on Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And then he left The Walking Dead and he went back to Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This dude, like, he just shows up to work. They're like, hey, you're on a new show now. Like, he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just killing zombies. Yeah. Fuck it. That's all, that's all it is. And that's the thing. Oh, you got, it doesn't matter what show you're getting bounced around he on. Killed, either. He killed, he killed our boy Joshua Michael. You're either walking down like a long road or a dirt path or a train track set and talking for 20 minutes or you're just shooting zombies. Yeah, basically. And then like, yeah, it got bad. After like. It got bad. It got bad. <laughs> I feel like that can, that can sum it up. Although, uh, totally unrelated to the show. Uh, Robert Kirkman. I remember because famously George R. R. Martin takes forever to write his books. Right, still, yeah. still hasn't written Winds of Winter or whatever it is. Uh, I, Kirkman criticized him one time. It was like, just write a book. I'm like, look, he's writing Game of Thrones. Like, he's he's write, writing Lord, Lord of the Rings, basically. And I'm like, you're over here making a comic book that I enjoyed reading. But there was eight pages and there wasn't a single word on any of them. Like your artwork looks good, but like you can't criticize a guy writing thousand page novels and you write a 40 page comic book. It has 15 like panels of like, or like 15 of its pages have dialogue. on. And even when they're fucking made into characters on a show, they're still one dimensional as fuck. (laughs) All right. I don't think we have to keep going after the walking dead at this point. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's about time to get into uh, Intruder. Yeah, let's do it. 
Intruder is a 1989 slasher film written and directed by Scott Spiegel. He co-wrote the screenplay for Evil Dead 2 with longtime friend and fellow director Sam Raimi. And I mean, you watch this movie if you're familiar with with their work, you're like, yeah, that's Raimi. Absolutely. And uh, the thing is, this film was actually based on Spiegel's uh, 1979 from a decade earlier, a, a student film called Night Crew, which was uh, his first version of Intruder and uh, part of the whole Raimi circle. Bruce Campbell was actually the cameraman for that. It was filmed as a Super 8. It was filmed on Super 8. Yeah, and uh, Scott and uh, Sam, they were high school friends. They went to Wiley E. Groves High School in Birmingham, Michigan. And uh, Spiegel uh, was Scotty with, uh, in Raimi's Within the Woods, which served as like the precursor to the Evil Dead. Uh, but Spiegel would be replaced by uh, Richard DeManicor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lawrence Bender co-wrote and produced this film as well. Bender, for those not familiar, he's a big Hollywood producer. He has 36 Academy Award nominations with eight wins. Yeah, he went on to do a lot of good shit. He did a lot of Tarantino. His yeah. first thing that really got him known was uh, Reservoir Dogs. But uh, getting into the... Uh, Charles Band is an executive producer. I mean, uh, and uh, also uh, Scott Spiegel was the bread man in the movie. He wanted to throw that in there. At the end, towards the end of the film, he gets murdered. Yeah, I have to say... Um, I wasn't familiar with this. I actually brought it up to you recently that I just happened to watch it uh, on Shutter for the first time. And it's just one of those movies that I'm like, how did this get past me? How did I ne- never hear of it? Because yeah. I, I didn't even read who was in the movie. I read the synopsis and I was like, you know what? This sounds like this could be a fun movie. And then I started reading the names and I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah, I know. how did I not hear of this movie? And well, I mean, I guess it's just got to be the timing. It was 89 slashers were dying in the late early late 80s early 90s like slashers weren't big but it's it's really good i mean and this one flew under the radar anyway supermarket yeah essentially but this one flew under the radar anyway like regardless of uh how that's a lot of people missed it you know what i mean i i myself i didn't find this movie until like 2012 or 2013 or something yeah, like it's that crazy um it might have been a little before that maybe 2010 but it was like you know i found it on dvd at a farmer's market it was just a cheap like red cover with a black silhouette on it it's nothing like the artwork you see on shutter and stuff yeah. now you know and i had no Which idea I what like to expect artwork for it it is nice yeah i know well all, all i knew was that it just said uh you know bruce campbell at the top and it said it was a slasher and i was like oh shit i'm gonna watch this and like we talked about like you know i was like how did you never tell me about this right it's just one of those ones that i'm just like how how in the world did this slip past me and you but you were pulled in for the same reasons that was my point was the same thing that hooked me years prior hooked you you saw bruce campbell and then you saw slasher and then you saw like like okay this just looks good and that, that pulled you in slasher 80s bruce campbell and then you see the movie you realize there's hardly no bruce campbell in yeah, it but it doesn't yeah. matter like it doesn't matter you're not well, like, like disappointed well, well like i was saying i read the synopsis before i saw who was involved and they mentioned i think on shutter right at the end of the synopsis that uh bruce campbell's in it and that was just another like oh yeah this definitely has me sold now <laughs> yeah. and then i'm like okay i know bruce campbell's a cop in this movie but like when the hell is he going to show up? Right, right. Yeah, they definitely, uh, they honey-dicked us with uh, Bruce Campbell in this one. But it carried itself. <laughs> like, the movie carried itself enough that you didn't really miss him, and that's crazy to say, because it was just a look at all indie cast, kind of. Yeah, and uh, get into the film here. We started a supermarket that's closing, and uh, workers are restocking the shelves for the next day. 
Craig, played by David Burns, he would go on to work in some installments of which of the Witchcraft series, and uh, not not. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're really good, but uh, I mean, seven and nine. You know, you're not uh, scraping. It's not. It's not the cream of the crop, as Macho Man would say. And uh, uh, he's the ex-boyfriend of cashier Jennifer. And uh, it looks like the two were having a lover's quarrel. And then Linda played by Renee Estevez. And I was like, wait, Charlie and Emilio have a sister? Yes, they do. And this, <laughs> this was her. I had no idea they had a sister. Uh, she's worried about her friend and she presses the panic button. And co-owner Bill's played by Dan Hicks, another legendary Danny. Yep, yep, legendary Danny Hicks, rest in peace. Shows up and we got a fight that ensues. It's no Hobgoblins fight, though. <laughs> no and uh the funny thing is i want to i want to <laughs> uh you always got to bring up hobgoblins i think that might have to be a future Ugh. a future uh review that we I do i feel like that could be a watch along maybe or even i bet you you know i'm out to reach out there might be some people involved in that that we could get on here um but i wanted to say that uh, you know actually danny hicks and i actually went back and forth like a lot before on facebook so it really saddens me to have this podcast now i was going to say that to you because if he hadn't passed i really feel that he was someone that we could have gotten on like you know i talked to him enough and he would have been on for this episode i would like to think that um but uh danny hicks had said that uh that uh there were tons of dog food in this grocery store that they were filming in that expired during filming and quote stank to high heaven. Ugh. I can't imagine, right? It's just I mean, spoiled. Dog food smells horrendous to start with. <laughs> right. And uh, also, let me add to that that the grocery store, when they had it for the film, to, to, for filming, it was empty with bare shelves. And uh, they actually hired uh, two five ton truckloads of dented boxes, like stuff that you couldn't buy, like in the people that stores couldn't sell because they were damaged in some way or another. They had uh, two five ton truckloads of those types of foods. Uh, How do you even order in. that stuff? I don't know. Uh, but Especially in the 80s. They uh, they only paid $1,000, though, and that's what they used to stock the shelves for filming. That's Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I still want to know how, like, today I feel like it's pretty logistical. You just have a website and it's just like... Yes, you just Google the shit. You <laughs> yeah. literally just Google like, it. Like, in the 80s, how, how were they knowing, like, hey, this is who you contact about damaged merchandise from, like... Uh, eighteen wheelers that like we could buy and just put on the shelf. Buy, buy the fucking truckload, literally. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the fight ensues. Craig escapes uh, onto the shop floor, and the night crew set out to track him down. While uh, Jennifer calls the police, and uh, you know, I forgot to mention her name. She's played by Elizabeth Cox. I forgot to mention her earlier. Yep. But uh, when we find Craig, there's another scuffle. He's ejected from the building, and he like runs away into the night, like uh. Christian Bale did a Batman Begins. He, <laughs> he disappears after meeting uh, Falcone. Falcone, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the owners. Uh, I love the Batman reference, though. Yeah. I love that you had to throw that in. Uh, the owners gather the night crew, and then this kind of almost turns into like a sold on precinct thirteen meets a slasher because yeah. now because now they're 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 the closing down station. Uh, they're essentially trapped inside. Yeah, they're trapped inside, and then the owner gets to tell them that he's selling the store, and uh, everybody's going to lose their job. They're not. Yep. Uh, the employees are assigned to mark down all the stock in preparation for the close. I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, but right. I've had experience where uh, my business was, well, not my business, but the business I work for is closing that movie theater. Yeah. 
You yeah. didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, especially when the owner got mad because people were leaving to get other jobs. I was still going to help, and I was like, oh, well, at this point, if you're going to get mad that people are leaving to get jobs when your business is closing. Yeah, right. Like, fuck you, I'm not going to help you now. Right. Anyway, enough about fuck me. Fuck that. <laughs> but yeah, so they're closing the store. You have the employees doing markdowns, and uh, Craig just continues to be a creeper. He doesn't learn. He's making more telephone calls to the store. And see, you could get away with that shit in the 80s. You ain't, he ain't pulling that shit now. My man just is just straight stalking like Razor Ramon. He had the, the, the greasy jiffy curl and the fucking the leather jacket. You know, all he was missing was the chest hair. Star 6 7 that. Right. Star 6 7. Hey, yo. <laughs> Survey time. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> anyway, let's stop with the wrestling references. <laughs> creeper, creeper Craig, like I said. <laughs> He makes more telephone calls to the store. Jennifer's even more upset. Uh, the police arrive and uh, do a little to help, but just tell the group to be careful. And uh, after that, they're uh, finishing her shift. Linda's stabbed by someone. Of course, we can't see. Right. That would give away way too early. Bill spots someone trying to enter through the back door and goes outside to investigate. And what's, who's he find out there? fucking craig of course creepy craig creepy craig but i will say to add to what you just said real quick that uh i do feel that uh, a lot of 80s movies actually got this right a lot didn't but a lot of 80s slashers movie did get this right and this being one of them they did a really good job of making you guess who the killer was yeah it just craig felt like the biggest red heron ever right <laughs> like, you almost knew it wasn't him yeah, like you it know was right so away it yeah. wasn't craig but i mean like knowing amongst the people because everybody in the store seems so likable and nice you literally were like who who could have a motive or you know what i mean but anyway we'll get to that but yeah it's a very good whodunit yeah but uh, again creeper craig he watching jennifer throw a ba- uh, bathroom window total perv style <laughs> then he's rendered unconscious so you're like oh definitely i mean Thank you for confirming it, but we were all pretty aware it wasn't Craig. Right. <laughs> and uh, lead actress Elizabeth Cox, here's something interesting. She actually practiced screams for all of her different reactions in the film. The uh, That's interesting. Right. She And she labeled them. She titled them. There was the Bim Scream High C. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, the whistle scream. She was scream. putting them in key? Okay. Yeah, well, her sister was a uh, composer or something. But yeah, and then there was uh, the whistle scream, the tarantula scream, and then the suck in scream, where it's a <gasps> so yeah, she actually like practiced the all of these scream? The, the suck in, not the suck it scream, the suck in That's scream. Billy Gunn's favorite, another, pro- <laughs> another wrestling reference, anyway. Um, yeah, so it's it's funny that uh, she actually practiced specific screams for specific like scenes in the film, how to react with different screams. So that's unique, you know, yeah, and uh. She ended up working on TV, and then uh, now she's actually involved in radio. But uh, yeah, this was really, really one of her only movies. But uh, I mean, she does she, a good job, though. Yeah, uh, I mean, she, she made a career for herself afterwards. Yep, and uh, also watch for all of the uh, Pepsi logos throughout the store. The, the, as low budget as this film was, it was uh, had a product placement deal with Pepsi. Surprise! Like Pepsi right? would be okay with this. Same. That's why I thought. Damn, they could afford that. But I guess Pepsi yeah, wanted it's to. It's like Evil Dead and a Soul Precinct Thirteen set in like a grocery store. Yeah. But uh, that's a good way to look at it with a with a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back in the store now, uh, the killer starts to get a uh, kill streak going. 
and he just begins to brutally murder the employees and scatters their bodies and like body parts all around the store. I mean, he went like typical like Leatherface. Yes, Jason. Absolutely Jason, brutal, cold-hearted, fucking but ruthless, gory as fuck. That's what I was gonna say. Now, this movie again had been underrated, and when it was seen, it was not even underrated, just unseen. And when it was seen, it was edited. Now that it's unedited and you're seeing it in all its glory, you're now we're now realizing, at least from my opinion, that like this movie's been overlooked all this time because nobody's gotten to see all this footage. But now that you see it. Like, this is absolutely 100% one of the best fucking beheadings in any 80s slasher movie ever. The fucking deli saw through the, the, oh, the yeah. deli saw through the face, and yeah, they don't cut the away. Like, by far. And it's like, it's like you look at it now, and you're like, how is that never brought up? And you're like, oh, shit, because so many people probably still haven't seen it. Because it's like all in like the newer releases that they have all the footage added in. But you look at that, easily one of the best beheadings, if not my favorite beheading from any 80s slasher movie. Absolutely brutal. It is very like that is one of those scenes that's even unsettling for me to watch even though some of the effects you can kind of see are like dated it's just so brutal with the scream and the noise of the saw you know it's yeah it's it's absolutely br- br- brilliant and brilliant and uh brutal I mean, so i was gonna say br- brilliant i was trying to make up a word it just didn't work it's what it's what it's what you should expect from this group at this point like yeah definitely well, yeah i was gonna say the saw thing is uh um yeah, that that one's definitely my favorite kill. And then, but now that you've seen the movie, don't you don't you agree that you're like, how is that never brought up in beheading scenes and stuff? Like when people talk about beheadings, like definitely needs to be brought up more. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now, uh, go back to the movie here. Noticing that every everyone has seemed to advan uh, vanished, advantaged, <laughs> had vanished. Jennifer goes full Lori Strode and decides to investigate and. Like she she finds bodies propped up, discovers several bodies, body parts all over the storeroom, and then terrified, she's attacked by the killer, but manages to escape back to the shop floor. And then hearing someone at the door, she tries to draw their attention, but the person is left by the time she gets there. And who shows up? That's Creeper the bri- Craig. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> he, he shows up, he grabs her, but she beats him with a meat hook. Like this movie it's a slasher but it's violent as fuck it is violent which is weird like it's a slasher movie so obviously it's violent but i can't stress this enough i even though i know who made it i didn't expect it to be like evil dead production yeah i agree uh our boy bill then staggers in uh claiming that craig attacked him outside the store he proceeds to call the police Jennifer notices Bill's hands are covered in blood and then realizes that dun dun Bill's the killer. Dun dun dun. And I love how uh I love how as Bill's like stalking her through the store, how he actually like fucking stops and like stocks the shelves because some of the cereal <laughs> fell off. He actually as he's talking shit, he oh. actually stops and bends over and like fixes the fucking like Cheerios or whatever on the shelf as he's like talking shit and pursuing her. It's pretty 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 awesome, man. Uh, Danny Hicks killed it. It feels very Scooby Dooish. Yeah. That's a good way to describe but it. But I didn't see I didn't see it being Bill. That's what I'm saying. They did a good job of uh, yeah, even though he had the most motive. What do you think about it? It yeah. still didn't come. He, didn't, he seemed like such an innocent character. You were almost like, nah, it's not him. But you knew it wasn't the boyfriend, Craig. Yeah. Uh, Bill tells uh, Jennifer he couldn't let his partner sell the store, so he killed him. 
and got carried away and just <laughs> killed everyone. Yeah, you know, well, I only want to kill this one guy, but then, you know, I kind of liked it. Sorry, guys. I just had to kill everybody. I mean, that is a brutal kill, too, though. What's that thing called? The little thing like that you stab the notes on? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The co-owner gets his eye jammed in his head. Yeah, that yeah. one's pretty fucking brutal, too. Eye stuff fucks with me. Okay. Same. Is that in uh, Achilles tendon? Or as I like to say, Achilles tendon? Achilles. <laughs> Achilles. The Achilles tendon. Oh, shit. Where the fuck was I in my notes here? I'll do fucking high right now. Oh, shit. I fucking really did lose my place here. Well, it's okay. I'll throw in while you're saying that. <laughs> that uh, when I met Ted, Ted Raimi, I actually... Uh, brought it up to him like he was signing my uh evil dead poster and i asked him i was like man me and my sister you, you know watched intruder for Truder for years and we always thought it was so funny how you were always listening to that same fucking song the whole movie on your headphones Dude, those headphones are so 80s too and, and it's, it's there's no lyrics to it it's just this beat over and over and it goes do 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 like that it's like some like dance aerobics music or something <laughs> i don't know but i asked him i was like dude i was like every time i watch that movie that fucking beat gets in my head i just walk around and going do 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 and i was like you know do you know like who uh well, who like what song where's that from who made it like what is it a band what and he said that uh he absolutely has no idea he said that there was and it makes sense but he said that there was like no music on the headphones at all when he was filming that was all added in post-production so uh yeah i, I don't know if there's some sort of copyright on the whole like stealing the beat thing i don't know but no apparently nobody knows what that josh song's from that yeah, why would josh make us our own beat like that that'd be the <laughs> new theme song anyway no no we're not drop gonna do me that. a beat josh <laughs> <laughs> That sounded like so white in how I delivered that as well. I mean, obviously, I am white. Right, so. yeah, you sound I am white, white, so. But it sounded extra white. <laughs> anyway, I found my place again. Picking back up, Bill attacks Jennifer and chases her around the locked building. And then a delivery man appears outside, but Bill kills him, because why the fuck not? Bill's killing everybody. That'd be the bread man. That's Scott Spiegel, yep. <laughs> uh, before Jennifer can get his attention... Uh, Bill re-enters the building, stalks Jennifer again. Craig tells Jennifer he saw Bill kill Linda and that he climbed into the building through the bathroom window to save her. This dude just, yeah, he looked extra creepy, but he was actually trying to help. <laughs> yeah, right. He actually was the There you go, ladies. That creepy man in your life is just <laughs> trying to help. Uh, no, do not listen to that advice. No, do not. Uh yeah, so so Craig says he saw everything when he was being a pervert. Uh, Bill appears and kills Craig because the pervert got to die too, right? Exactly. And Jennifer runs again. It's a it it got extra cat and mouse here. I feel like it did. just a lot of chasing through a grocery store. It did. Crawling out the bathroom window, she tries to escape into her car, but she finds Linda's body inside. Yeah. Bill grabs her leg and pulls Jennifer under the car, but she stabs him with a knife. She heads to the phone booth to call the police, but Bill pops up again and starts to smash the booth to get at her. He topples the phone booth over and traps her, but Craig appears, he's not dead, and brutally damages him with a meat cleaver. I gotta say, they used a lot of... play. Like I feel like they were very thorough in thinking of like stuff that would definitely be in a grocery store. That and I feel like use. none of the characters were real like dumb. I feel like a lot of the characters, like especially the men, um, they put up a lot of fight. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, for the most part. But um, I want to get you here. It's a perfect time. I have to say this. You're going to like this story. I thought that this was hilarious. So at the end of the film, when you were just talking about when Bill and Jennifer fight in the phone booth, mm -hmm. after six takes, 
of Jennifer not getting the scene right. She wasn't crawling out of the phone booth fast enough, and it took like six takes. Well, after the sixth take, Danny Hicks was getting so frustrated with like doing this scene over and over, over, over and over and over again that when he grabbed her on that uh, seventh take, he bit her on the ass. Like he, he legit, what? he legit bit Jennifer right on the ass. I was not ready for ass. <laughs> I, I was full on ready for you saying he was gonna like bite her ankle or her leg. I was not ready for ass. Nope, he took a straight bite out of her cheek because he said that he knew he that after chopper. that <laughs> cheek chopper. No, but he said that he did that because he knew that after that she was gonna want to fucking do that scene and be done with it. So, and he said that after that she got it right on the next take. I'm so, not an expert, but that sounds very me too ish. <laughs> I was like, that that definitely sounds like that something doesn't that sound like something you should probably do. <laughs> you couldn't do that nowadays, that's for sure. I, that I wonder. There's probably a lot definitely of definitely cannot do that nowadays. <laughs> there's probably you, you probably should not. I don't even know if it's probably you <laughs> shouldn't have did that back then. There's probably a lot of bump munching going on in Hollywood that we don't munching. know about. <laughs> Hollywood is a bunch of butt, butt munches. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if biting someone on the ass is the best way to make them <laughs> yeah. uh, act out their scenes. It makes an interesting story, but uh, interesting you're story. probably going to get a lawsuit. <laughs> you uh, only bite asses with consent. <laughs> uh, so the police arrive, and we finally get a Bruce fucking Campbell. Yes. Uh, handsome young bruce too evil uh, definitely evil dead bruce he you know, strong legally chin. change his middle name to fucking same thing as atkins tom atkins <laughs> yeah. tom fucking atkins bruce <laughs> fucking campbell just, he should add to his name and just put fucks at the end tom atkins fucks <laughs> <laughs> that's his legal name anyway bruce campbell the police arrive one of the policemen finds the carnage in the store bill all fucked up claims that jennifer and craig are responsible for the attack and uh let's be honest what Craig has done through the night definitely doesn't help him look innocent. Not at all. And uh, so Bill blames both of them for the attack. The policemen ignore their protests and arrest them. Bill suddenly opens his eyes as Jennifer screams, leaving all their fates unknown. It kind of has that maniac ending where like he opens yeah. his eyes and yeah, it zooms in on his comparison. face. But uh, dude, and uh, again, uh, part of the whole thing I was talking about when he fixed when uh, Bill fixes the cereal as he's stalking her. Um, one of the, the best quotes, in, in my opinion, and from any 80s slasher film. Here comes fucking Parker, walking down nine mile, swinging a goddamn head by the hair in one hand and a sandwich in the other. Nicole, I mean, Nicole was, I don't know if she was playing Sims on her computer or something when I put on Intruder. I think it might have been her switch, but I remember that line halfway through. I look over and she's just looking up <laughs> at the TV like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> well, uh, that's that's one of those lines where, like you said, you can definitely tell that it came from the Evil Dead universe. Because yeah. while it's hokey and hilarious, the kills are still brutal enough, just like the gore in the Evil Dead films, to make you go, oh, you know, so it's like, like it's, it's it's enjoyable, but it's definitely extreme. If I if the Raimi's weren't in the movie itself and you saw him in there and i didn't know who made it i could have watched it and been like that was either Raimi and his friends or somebody it's a huge fan of theirs yeah somebody worked on those evil like, dead movies or something know when it was over like well, even before it was over you, you definitely know it was a Raimi movie speaking of Raimi, he's getting another superhero movie you're gonna see uh 
strange. When I get caught up, when I get caught up, I have so many. I'll see it when it comes out the video or when you buy it on now. Now, would you only see it because Raimi made it? No, 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 no. I have every intention of revisiting um, all of the Marvel movies that I missed. I just I had burnout, and now I'm kind of getting into the groove of things. I just finally, re I just finally for the first time watched. Uh, the matrix resurrections i finally got around to it i'm finishing things up i'm getting so marvel is coming booty juice. Mar yeah that was uh i'm not gonna get into it <laughs> i'll but, say it um, louder booty juice th that was that okay yeah I'll, I'll take a second to just say that was the most unnecessary <laughs> matrix movie ever and part josh, of the thing you was called that he yeah, saw producer it before josh. us and said i'll just tell you this movie didn't need to be made and with that going in that is 100 it's like the scream five movie this didn't have to be made. Well, I would give it even. Well, I think it's even worse than Scream Five because the thing is, not only did it not be need to be made, like it was pretty pointless to be made, but the truth is that it felt the least like a Matrix movie out of all of them, and that was the worst thing. Even if it sucked, that's one thing. But it sucked, and it didn't feel like it was a place. It felt out of place because Lana Wachowski's all you know on this spiritual journey now. I'm not trying to mock. You know, it is what it is. Like I don't know what it is to be an artist like that or try to express myself. But now instead of like, you know, those green hues and the darkness and like the fake sunlight in the movies that kind of kept that green, like monotone look to the film. Um, now it's uh, it's like, you know, let's film in broad daylight and let's find the beautiful city lights. And it's like it didn't feel like a Matrix movie. It felt like they were trying to make a John Wick movie with the Matrix. Yeah, and uh, I'm not. I, and it, and it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't as good as either from day one when, when the Matrix Resurrections and John Wick 4 were announced. I told everybody. I told my friend Ryan, I told my friend Matt, I told everybody, I'm way more interested in John Wick 4. I said there's more of a story there, the series as a whole has been more impressive, it wasn't just one good movie like The Matrix, and I feel that like that closed The Matrix up pretty clean. I don't. I feel that like that was just a cash-in, whereas John Wick, I felt that there was story to tell, it wasn't just bringing something back to cash-in, and I called it. Everybody told me I was wrong, everybody was like, no, I'm a bigger fan of The Matrix, I can't wait for The Matrix, The Matrix over John I, Wick. I now that we're that. here, now that, what'd you say? I did not say that. You didn't say that? Well, now no, that because not to interrupt you, but you said the John Wick series is better than the Matrix. This is how, I, to me, the Matrix is better than all the John Wick movies combined. But Agreed. the John Wick series is better than the Matrix series. Uh, well, it's like because <laughs> the I, Matrix that, yeah. has one movie. Yeah, it's better than I think anything John Wick has done or will I ever agree. do. It, it, yeah, any one, one but two, as or three. a series on the whole, like. Like, like we talk about Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and like Halloween, yeah. like Nightmare on Elm Street has the more consistent series and it's better, but it's not Halloween has the best me, film. It's in my top three. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not one. I probably agree. not two. Right. But as a series, it's the better series. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, uh, that, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, yeah, the Matrix on its own, like the first film against any individual John Wick film, I'm going to pick the Matrix. But then, like, but I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say, you know what? John Wick 3, at least the third one, maybe the second one, too, comes kind of close to The Matrix. It's not better at all. I definitely would. I don't think there's, like, I would say 10 out of 10 times I'd pick The Matrix. But I would say, like, damn, like, John Wick's not far off. And then when you have that, when you're that close, and then the sequels are just as good. And then, you know, like, with The Matrix, it's the sequels that kind of, like, aren't as good. Like, the second one sucks. The third one's a little better. And then this one, you're kind of, like, as a whole... The John Wick movies blow the Matrix movies away. Like, there's no question about oh, that. Oh, sure. But um, I didn't really even care for Matrix too. I liked the well, Matrix. I, was it reloaded? I thought the th reload. I thought that uh, Revolutions was uh, uh, I thought that was better than the second one. And I still was disappointed in the ending of that. Um, but uh, but anyway, 
<laughs> I don't with the Matrix anyway. Yeah, we, the, uh, the, the Marvel Sam, we movies. Moved Sam Raimi to the Matrix real quick. Well, that's well. Yeah, back to my point. The Marvel movies are coming. I will get the doc. I saw the first Doctor Strange, and it was a few movies after that that I stopped watching Marvel. So I am going to go back. I am going to get caught up on everything and Doctor Strange included. But since I'm in, I'm not no, caught up on everything. Well, <laughs> I'm probably doing it the wrong way. I just watched. I've always been a Spider-Man fan. Spider-Man and Batman growing up for me were same level. I liked them both the same. They were really just the two that I would read. Um, so I watch all the Spider-Man movies, regard, except the second Andrew Garfield one. You warned me <laughs> about that, so I yeah. never watched it. But I pretty much will watch all the Spider-Man movies. And I really liked Doctor Strange the first time I saw it. And um, I really enjoyed it. I didn't even think I would like it when I first saw it, but... I thought it was it exceeded expectations, and this new one looks pretty good. But yeah, yeah I'm not fully caught up on Marvel. Yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of like uh, when I get to it, I get to it. It'll be on your Voodoo account by the time it comes out, and I probably won't even be there and ready to watch it. I'm still so many movies behind, you know. Like, yeah, it'll be a while, but I'm definitely gonna get there. Yeah, so we uh we tangent it to the Matrix <laughs> off of Sam Raimi getting back into uh comic book movies at least he's got an mcu movie that's pretty cool absolutely yeah so uh anyway yeah back to uh intruder the intruder um so uh so k and bfx that's i mentioned earlier that this was their first gig they got paid 7k a person for this movie now i mean they make that sound like like not a lot of money and maybe it's not because i'm no effects person but back then in 89 i feel like 7k a person is pretty decent for a film with like obviously a low budget you said you said it was seven thousand. Yeah. Let me see. You gotta look it up. <laughs> I gotta I gotta look it up and <laughs> blindly trust whatever website. Seven thousand and eighteen eighteen nineteen eighty nine is equivalent to purchasing power to about sixteen thousand two hundred and thirty dollars and six cents today. That's decent. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what they were what what makeup companies are used to getting paid, but. Well, I. I wonder how much it costs for. Well, I guess the, the stuff stu- and is the studio. No, no, they make the stuff and then charge. So I mean, like it all comes out of like cost. That's so. True. But either way, yeah, it's not decent. I mean, it's it's. it's I, I didn't it's think it was that bad. bad. No. Um, but uh, if that's low, I mean, I should have gotten in makeup effects. I'd take seventeen thousand dollars to make a Chucky doll or to saw somebody's <laughs> head in half or something. Got into the wrong fucking profession, bro. But uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, Intruder. Uh, this is another one. It's not being rated on a technical scale yeah it's being graded on the enjoyability scale enjoyability scale easy 8.5 out of 10 oh yeah hell yeah i'd say i yeah 8.7 like i i, I see was, you rewatching this a lot you rewatch movies that you like i do i see you rewatching this a lot it's that uh what's it that uh dealing with anxiety shit you just keep watching the same same the stuff. comfort shit yeah it's usually joe bob too usually if it's a movie that i want to watch and joe bob's hosted and i just watch him host it <laughs> so i still think that's funny so with the fucking with the with the line about here comes fucking parker walking down nine mile he said fucking your fiance nicole actually looked up for what she was doing to look at the screen at that time like that quote that line drew her into the movie like because yeah so i'm pretty ridiculous. sure she's playing nintendo switch <laughs> one that i just got informed while we were recording right now that i accidentally threw out in the dumpster <laughs> uh, you're gonna get shit when you get home i mean she she told me to take out the trash so i thought it was trash because i saw an empty container in it i didn't search the rest of the bag <laughs> damn <laughs> so i guess that is a little on me if you 
<laughs> shame on you. Shame on you. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I could see me watching this one a lot. It's it's another one you can just throw on. Agreed. And uh, it's available it's, like to stream on Shudder. You know, we're buddies with, with Shudder, so we have no problem name, name dropping and, that. Uh, Check it out. Yeah, uh, actually, Darcy mentioned that it's... I've seen a, a couple other podcasts. It's funny... When I was look, uh, researching stuff, I saw some podcasts that were on Intruder, and I looked at the dates, and they're fairly recent, so it looks like it's done a good job of Shutter promoting And I mean, I saw it on the front page, and like I said, for some reason, it slipped me by, and yeah. I saw it, and I was excited. I was like, this sounds interesting in a supermarket, and I was not disappointed. Well, it's funny because uh, to you listeners out there, John had said this earlier, but the, one of the things that he said to me was John said, how did you never tell me about this movie? Because when he brought it up to me, I immediately started texting him. But I think I, I sent you a voice clip of me yeah. doing the here comes yeah. fucking Parker, yeah. you know, like right when you said you were, t- we started talking about it back and forth and you were like, dude, how have you never told me about this? And then I said, I'm like, there's just too many movies. You know, I was like, there's so many. And then like, after we had that conversation, I had a thought and there is one that I do want you to watch where Ted Raimi, it's just right in the same vein of intruder. It's a little sillier. But uh, Ted Raimi plays a serial killer who goes around killing women, and he's like making uh, body suits out of them, like Ed Gein style. Okay. So, but that's going to be one that we're going to have to visit soon because that's right in the same alley. It's right at the same we'll point of Ted Raimi's it. career. Oh. I have it on Blu-ray. Okay. Yeah. So we'll 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 do that. And what was the one you mentioned earlier that we needed to do? I don't even remember. We'll too to, high. <laughs> when we hear this episode, we'll know. But there was one that you mentioned that we you, uh, wanted to do a review on. Oh, Bone Tomahawk. But we weren't recording. Oh, yeah, yeah. We weren't recording. That's my fault. Yeah, Bone Tomahawk might be coming as well. Yeah, Zollers. Uh, I like Eggers. I also like Zollers. I like uh, the three movies he's done. I still got to see Northman, but uh, the fanboy in me tells me I'm going to love it because I, <laughs> I love everything Eggers does. Got Eggers chub. Edgar's Chubb. That should be a t-shirt. In our- <laughs> <laughs> Wear it to the movies on opening night. Edgar's Chubb. Just have your Edgar's Chubb t-shirt. Eating like a foot-long hot dog. Yeah, that's too much. <laughs> I mean, I can't draw for shit, so. <laughs> yes, that's the next t-shirt. Uh, I think it's about time to wrap it up. <laughs> I think that might sound like a good idea. <laughs> Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. Again, if you have not seen this movie, it's on Shutter. You need to watch it. It's it's finally starting to get its due, I feel like. Like I said, I've started seeing more and more reviews come out about it. Anyway, uh, for next week, just follow us on social media, and uh, we'll have an announcement for you as to what the next episode is. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, I think that's all of them. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. There's way too much social media. <laughs> Elon, Elon just buy it all and convert it into one. <laughs> it's what the people want. <laughs> anyway, we're high at High on Horror 420 again on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch. Anywhere whatever. and everywhere. Anywhere, everywhere. And email. Email high on horror 420 <laughs> at gmail.com. Our website, highonhorror.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. 
and you'll get our latest uh, guest announcements and episodes sent directly to your inbox. And, uh, yeah, I guess I'll about wrap her up. Catch you later. Bye, everybody. <laughs>